Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. Um, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, this mini-sode Monday. Um, I do, unfortunately... I have to start us off with some bad news. Um, It is with, this is not a call you ever want to get. This is not, as a podcast host, this is not something you ever think will happen to you. Um, You never think that it's going to be something that you have to go through and something that you have to tell other people about. But unfortunately, I did get the call at uh, 9.13 this morning on Sunday, February 5th, 2023, when we are filming this. Uh, the Minnesota Monday song bit uh, passed away in her sleep, surrounded by friends and family, surrounded by those she loved and who loved her in return. Um, she will be remembered, of course. We will carry her with us in our hearts. Um... We will remember all that she did for us, all that she did for this podcast. But sadly, I just uh, yesterday was like, I need to find a Monday song for tomorrow. And then thought, what if I did it? (laughs) So we are we um, greatly regret to share this news with you. And we really hope that, you know, you can pull through during this difficult time. I will remember you. (laughs) That was so sad. Yeah. um, I'm really sad. Here's my true belief. Yeah. I think that bit could have kept going in perpetuity. Because there's so many songs that have Monday in it. But it got to the point where I was starting to dread the minisodes. Mm, Because I would have to spend like a full hour trying to find a song that had Monday in it that I hadn't, or Wednesday for the last little while, that I hadn't already covered. And it was like, Ian, (laughs) is all of this emotional labor worth it for a... 10 second bit that you do at the beginning of the minisodes <laughs> and you know maybe it wasn't and maybe maybe will her ghost will haunt us every once in a while who knows maybe. but I was just like uh, maybe I don't put the pressure on myself to do that every week Honestly. for literally myself and myself alone um, and myself, I enjoy it. And I think the listeners enjoy it as well. But honestly, I totally, totally hear that. And if you're if you're dreading the mini-sode, I'd rather you just come in here and, like, go beep-boop-bop and, you know, not spend an hour of, like, turmoil searching the the farthest depths of the, the Spotify universe for Monday songs. Wait a second. What? Did you find one? I'm so sorry, everyone. I uh, just got a call from the doctors from the morgue and the what is the name of? Oh, 
And the mortician said it's a medical miracle. Um, there's signs of life. She's not dead. She's coming back. They've never seen anything like it. They see color coming back into her skin. They see air, oxygen coming back into her lungs. Her eyes are fluttering open. And she's saying, Monday, I'm all high. Get me out of the mini-sode. In school, yeah, I fooled ya. Now I know I made a mistake. This is Ian from the future. Um, I definitely took some massive liberties with the melody there. Y'all, I had listened to that song one time while also speaking to Lena. I was trying my best. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh that was Monday by Wilco. And I literally, as I was complaining about how long it takes me to find a Monday song, just, just stumbled on that. it. So, oh my gosh, I love that. That's, uh, I guess, she lives to fight another day. I love I that. I don't know. We'll see if, she's, if she lives for next week. Honestly, if it's just like yeah, if she comes and visits us every once in a while, but she needs to like take some time by the sea and like, you know, be away from home for a minute, that's okay too. Whatever. That's what's whatever exciting you now is you, you, never, you never know, know. when she's going to leave us. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of love that. Well, um, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Ian Allred, and I don't know how to commit to anything in the sense that I committed to doing that bit forever, and then I decided, no, I don't want to, and then literally within, uh, what was that, one minute of announcing that I was no longer going to do the bit, I then decided Something to keep like doing the bit. So, I'm real wishy-washy, and I can never decide anything, except that I'm a gleek. A mi- of the mini variety, pardon me. Mmm, love that. Flex that Libra rising. Um, hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Lena Gnatzer, and um, yeah, I'm a mini gleek too. <laughs> I, I to like really thought right it was just gonna be, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I was on board. I was on board. How are you today, Ian? I'm pretty good. Um, good. You know, living in the city. I downloaded Hinge a few days ago. Oh my gosh, I love Hinge. I just here's um a mental issue that I have, which is if I can't like observe a certain aspect of my life progressing, I yeah. just start to feel like everything is going wrong. I like need oh. to feel like I'm progressing in some way. Um, and since I'm sure. currently unemployed, I was mm-hmm. getting all stressed out about like, oh, I feel like my career is going nowhere, which is so ridiculous because yeah. I've been unemployed for a total of two weeks. I need to chill yeah. out and take a deep breath. Um, but one day I was like, well, if I don't feel like my career's progressing, then I should fall in love. So I feel like my personal life is progressing. And at like, this was one of my insomnia night decisions where I just, Mm -hmm. it gets to two in the morning and I still haven't fallen asleep and I start to go a little crazy. And I downloaded Hinge and made my whole profile at like 2 a.m. And here we are. Oh my gosh. Would you share your, an aspect of your profile with us? Okay. You don't have to show us the whole thing, but I'm obsessed with this. I'll walk you through my entire Hinge profile 
any New York City gays turn this off because it's going to spoil a surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my profile picture is a, a oh, picture cute. of me at and Disneyland Kira! with friend of the podcast, Kira Clem. Uh, you but look Kira so is cropped out of it except for like one I eyeball. Like Sorry, Kira. Um, <laughs> And then my first answer prompt is weirdest gift I have given or received. I This is a voice memo answer. This is a 100% true story, everyone. In choir in high school, we used to do Secret Santa. And one year for my person, I made a fake National Geographic documentary about myself as if some animal expert had videotaped me for a day thinking I was a wild animal. And then I recorded a voiceover over the top of it as the animal expert commenting on me. And the person I gave it to, I did not even know that well. So super weird. He probably was afraid of me after that. (laughs) That's my first prompt answer. I love that. That's so funny. I then, on the gift exchange day made the whole choir watch the movie. That is very slay. I really I like, love that. Do you still have access to this video? That's the number one question that these men are asking me. I'm dead serious. Literally. And to all of them, I say, I They're don't know. They're just like me for real. It would be in Arizona. So maybe. You said, I, ask like, my mom. <laughs> truly. Um, I kind of doubt that it's still out there. That was, I'm not kidding, 10 years ago that that happened. Right. So I'm like... That file's got to have been deleted by now, but it might still be on that computer in Arizona. Who knows? Uh, Next answer prompt. My most irrational fear, and I put fish, specifically being touched by live fish. I knew this one. And then we have the personal info, like age, height, all that stuff. My second picture is me. Uh, You can find this picture on my Instagram for anyone interested. It's me in my beautiful chrome jacket and my white moon boots just standing on the street. I took Mm -hmm. this picture. I'm not kidding. At um, one in the morning, I think. No, it might have been later than that. I was walking home from hanging out with friends and I was like, I like the outfit I have on. And I put the camera on the ground and took this picture. (laughs) Uh, my next picture is me skydiving to show that I'm Yay! adventurous, to show that I take risks. Totally, You're up for adventures. Yeah. To lie to these men and pretend that I don't sit in bed and watch TV every single day. <laughs> um, my next answer prompt is green flags. I look for someone who grants mm. people grace. Oh, nice. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> And then I have a video of me holding my niece as a baby and dancing. This is because I went on Hinge for exactly uh, 15 minutes, went through six different profiles, and every profile had at least one picture or video of the man holding a child or baby. And I said, I'll I'll take a hint. And I put this video of me with a baby on my profile. Um, That's good. My next answer prompt. This one, I'm, I'm, let me know if I should keep this up. <laughs> okay. The, the, the prompt was my biggest date fail. And I wrote, the wording is kind of weird because I had to make it, you know, X amount of characters long. Sure. At a show with a girl back when I was closeted and they made a stand up and kiss in front of everyone. 
When I dropped her <gasps> off, she said, I feel like you deserve a better kiss. And I replied, that's okay. And left. <laughs> I feel like I literally remember this story and I remember who it's, you're talking about. Yeah, it's someone we both know who is, much to her credit, still a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no thanks. Um, do I keep that That's up? Good. Is I that like charming that. and fun no, or is I it like weird that. that I should take it down? Okay. No, I think it's funny. No thanks. Um, now, I'm so sorry, but we do live in a society and gay men especially live in a society. So it, there is a picture of me in a bathing suit. But I love that. That's a cute picture. And you're also having fun. There's true joy on that face. Yeah. It's me literally singing and dancing while wearing a bathing suit. It's not like me doing a little um, Sports Illustrated pose. So we're fine. And then my final picture is us at 54 Below. (gasps) Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. There it is. That's my hinge. Great hinge. I love hinge. As a not single girly who uh, was on Hinge for a long time. I love Hinge. I've never met, actually, that's a lie. I have met actually a a few people from Hinge, but I have truly never dated anyone that I've met on uh, on the line. I have only dated people who knew me, who knew me as a friend and then started dating me. I like to think I trick my friends into dating me. (laughs) (laughs) It's been... having fun on the Hinge? It's enjoyable it just freaks me out i don't know if you know this from uh me deciding to cancel a bit and then deciding not to cancel a bit immediately and then me saying this exact thing already in this one episode but i have a severe commitment and so hinge does freak me out because then i'm like oh i'm gonna find a boyfriend on here and then as soon as i start hitting it off with someone i'm like am i ready to have a boyfriend no i totally hear that (laughs) I totally hear that. And I also feel like Hinge of the like uh, online dating variety, I feel like it, at least to my perspective, is like the, 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 like that's where people go to like date, 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 mm-hmm. like Tinder, other things. Mm-hmm. Like Hinge is like, I'm looking for a partner. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, like I want a long term relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, at 2 a.m. when I couldn't fall asleep, I really was looking for a long-term relationship. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. But honestly, what about at 9 a.m.? I never know. Exactly. Exactly. I hear that. We'll see. I hear that. But here we are. That's how I've been. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm coming. I'm coming down with a little cold. I don't have the coronavirus. I keep testing. I keep testing Liar. negative. Liar. Um, She's holding three positive tests up right now and putting her finger to her lips going, shh. Don't tell. The listeners are going to get the coronavirus through the (laughs) microphone. Oh, my God. I always think about back when, do you remember I got COVID and the way that I cried on microphone about having COVID? Like, whoa, chill. You know what I mean? I think about that sometimes and I'm like, I bet people think I'm annoying as fuck. I hate getting sick. <laughs> no, getting COVID was rough. You can't, like, you're trapped in your room. 
You can't interact with another person. And also, when you got COVID, one, like, yes, you were trapped in your room and that sucked. But also, you had had a big trip planned. And at the time, it seemed like you were going to have to cancel that trip. Yeah. And, like, not even that. Like, uh, the trip, that as well. I was supposed to move to New York two weeks, like, after that. Mm. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had, like, a photo shoot planned that I yeah. had spent, like, a bunch of cha-ching on. So I was, like, there were, like, eight things that I had lined up for that week uh, that just, like, could not happen. It was terrible. Yeah, that's brutal. So I wouldn't worry. I know. Yeah. It was really, it's really, oh, my gosh, I think about that sometimes and I go, you. <laughs> no, you okay. I, okay, so I... At my work, we do this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. We call it Secret Snowflake to include people who don't celebrate uh, holidays with the Santa variety. Um, and we all pick up a name out of a hat and you get a secret person sending you a gift. I don't know if you remember because you've done something similar with, you know, the National Geographic thing. I don't know. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So someone yes. got me and I am easy, easy, easy to buy a gift for. I feel like I like... Th- at least in my mind, I like things pretty loudly and like it's pretty easy to find which books I haven't read. There's literally a whole list of every book I've read in the last two years uh, on Goodreads. So I feel like it's easy to, to get me a gift because I want to read a book that you're going to give me. And I also love Glee. So the person who got me, Scott, my former boss, he's left the company. I knew he got me because of uh, deductive reasoning. I said, I like did the red tape made sure anyway he comes up to me and he gives me two books that are like YA about like young girls like finding their way in the world that like I want to read and then he also gave me the a third book that is mostly for you and me today and I keep like being like oh my gosh I have to talk about this with Ian I have to show this to Ian I have to show this to Ian um, and I keep forgetting. So today, February 5th, welcome to my holiday present. This is a Glee trivia <gasps> book. <laughs> oh, 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 I love this so much. Okay. Right? Oh my gosh. So we sat there for like an hour and I kept like quizzing people on trivia things. I would love to go through a few with you today. Yeah. There, obviously, this is an Amazon Glee trivia book. You, A bunch of people probably own this. And it's easy, easy. But it's kind of fun. And I wanted to go through a little with you. Okay, this might be embarrassing. Let's hit it up. Okay. Okay. Question 40. Rachel performs On My Own to audition for the New Directions in the pilot episode. What Broadway musical is it from? A. Les Miserables. B. No, the don't King give and me I. options. The King and I. C. Spring Awakening. No, no, no. It's just funny. First the options all, they have are not- funny. That's not Glee trivia. That's Broadway trivia. <laughs> I know, which made me laugh. That's why I wanted to include it. <laughs> Obviously, the answer was okay. Spring Awakening. I've got a question. I've got an answer. They keep referencing a person named Jane in this book. Like Lynch? Do you know who Jane is? No. Oh, Jane so- is Samantha Ware's character in season six. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Cause she's in like, but I feel like this book is the like oh my gosh, you're right. 80% of the questions are Jane trivia. 
It's like we're yeah, really like big 80%, Jane fans. They just like throw Jane's name in there and it really <laughs> freaks me out because I'm like, this is like season one trivia stuff. And I know who Jane is. Okay. Okay. Number 62. In Sexy, we'll duets with Holly Holiday for what Prince song? A, kiss. B, hug. C, kiss. dance. Love it. Which character says his slash her dream is to play three roles on Broadway? Evita, Funny Girl, and Laurie from Oklahoma. A, Rachel Come Berry. On, B, Rochelle Sugar Mata. C, Kurt Hummel. Yeah, right? Sugar Mata. I <laughs> That's what I said. Um, Rachel performed What I Did for Love in which location? A, office. B, auditorium. C, bathroom. I was thinking about this last night. And it was the <laughs> auditorium. Think about mm-hmm. that scene last night. I love that. God. During Born This Way, Rachel and Quinn duet to a mashup of I Feel Pretty slash Unpretty. Where does uh, this song begin? A, the choir room. B, a plastic surgeon's office. Or C, Rachel's bedroom. Plastic surgeon's office. And honestly, that one I would right. have had to think about if there weren't options. Oh, really? Kind of fun, right? It's just silly. Heck yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing, too, is in the answers, it has, like, a description of what happened. Mm -hmm. So, this is fun. I just want to show it to you. All right. Before we get into these emails, just a really quick announcement, 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 which is that we've been doing this podcast for so long, can you believe it, that we have talked about 99 episodes of Ryan Murphy's Glee on Fox. And we're about to talk about the 100th episode this Wednesday. And since it is such a special occasion, since it is the 100th episode of Glee and the way more than 100th episode of this podcast, we are being joined by some special guests. We're being joined by Allison Dodge and Andrew McGuire of the Glee of the Week podcast. So everyone, be sure to tune in. We recorded it two days ago now, I think. And honestly, it was a great so. time. It, it was, was very, fun. very fun. There's some cool cats. I, I think they should start a Glee podcast. They were really fun. I agree. I was listening and I was like, you guys have so many great opinions. You should get some microphones, start a podcast, just talk about it. Honestly. <laughs> I said, we should record this conversation. I'm having fun. But be sure to check that out. Coming to you in two days. But for now, let's talk about City of Angels. Episode 99 mm. of Glee. Heck yeah. Let's start this shit off. Let's hear from our, some more listeners, shall we? Let's hear from friend of the podcast, Maya. It also might be Mia. So Mia or Maya, it Mia. whichever it is. Uh, we apologize if we pick the wrong one. Hey y'all, my name is Mia Maya, she, her, and it's going to turn out her name is like M-I-A. This is an action, mm-hmm. baby. Hey y'all, yeah. my name is Mia Maya, she, her, from Chicagoland, and I just have to forward these things on to you because they all came up in the episode this week. First, here is my glimeline. Back in October when I hit peak gleek, I made this timeline from season 3 nationals to season 5 nationals. It's bananas. I get that a lot of chaos happened behind the scenes that caused a lot of disruption, but some highlights include an attached Mia Maya has sent us a timeline that they have hung on their wall that, as they stated, starts in May of 2012 with the season three finale. 
and goes until May of 2013 with City of Angels. So here are the highlights. Uh, Rachel Berry wins nationals, graduates, gets left at the altar, and moves to New York City and starts going to Niada, loses the love of her life, and gets cast in Funny Girl all in less than a year. Emma leaves Will at the altar, they get back together, they get married, Finn passes away, they get pregnant, and somehow she is too pregnant to travel within three months. Wow, just wow. (laughs) Secondly, Nationals is so fucking inconsistent, it's unbelievable. Did these writers even watch this show? Attached is my evidence. To be honest, I'm not even smart enough to fully explain my thoughts on the Nationals of it all. And attached, Mia Maya has uh, put a screen grab from the Glee Wiki article about Nationals, and it reads... Nationals is the third round of the show choir competition. It is between the 50 winners of the second round of the competition, regionals. The 10 winning teams move on to the fourth round of the competition, the showcase, and from there to the fifth round, the national championship. In the 2013 Nationals, only 16 teams competed in Nationals. Thirdly, I love the three songs performed at Nationals by the nude erections, and I love the sentiment but I disagree with it, with it being a great set list. For some reason, the three songs don't have the right flow and co- cohesiveness to me. I'd compare it to season three regionals. I don't think they were the best performances by any means. I don't think there was enough variety in the genres they pulled from, and I don't think the energy levels matched what they needed for a Nationals win. Paradise by the Dashboard lied, anyone? Again, and that being said, the tribute was beautiful, and I do still cry every single time. U2 is my dad's favorite band, and despite us having a horrible and complex relationship, I still haven't found what I'm looking for will always make me bawl my freaking eyes out, and to have it emotionally linked to Finn and Glee and all of the love and loss we see in season 5 in particular is too much for my little heart to handle. I love you, you are some of my best friends, even though I don't even know if you read my emails. Sincerely, Mia Maya M.I.A. Mia Maya M.I.A., we do read your emails. In fact, we sometimes do. we even read them on the podcast. For any doubters out there, both of us read every single email that single all email. of you send to us. Every single one. We just sadly don't have the airtime to read all of them on air. But everyone gets read by us. Yeah. First of all, the the glime line of it all is maybe my favorite thing that I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to I'm going to steal it and print it out for myself because I feel like I need that. Literally, yeah. like, it is so hard for my brain to comprehend this timeline at all. And like seeing it written down, it is preposterous. The craziest thing on this Glime line is canonically, which obviously all of this was pointed out by Mia Meyer, Mia Maya because she did the Glime line, is that canonically, Will and Emma's wedding that didn't happen was on Valentine's Day. And the Nationals usually takes place in May, which means that everything between I Do and City of Angels happened within the span of three months. (laughs) Like, all of that stuff. (laughs) It is wild. I wouldn't go back to school. That is just, like, so much for anyone to handle. It's just like, oh my god. I can't even imagine... So are these episodes happening like 
like how many episodes is that? What is that like? What's the average of that? Like what is the episodes divided by that timeline? Okay, let's see. I do is, come on, is the 14th episode of season four, which means that there's eight episodes after it. Uh, City of Angels is the 11th episode of season five, but one of those episodes is non-canon, previously unaired. So 10 plus eight, we are 18 episodes past I do. Um, And then three months would be like 90 days, take it or leave it. So 90 divided by eight means that every episode of Glee, it takes place over an average of like 11 days. So far, all of these episodes have been, that can't be right. No, that cannot be right. Oh, I entered eight. I didn't enter 18. I didn't enter 18. I entered eight. So every episode is taking place over five days. Pardon me. Each episode is five days. Okay. Okay. But that includes weekends. Well, I mean, that's a school week. That's But that includes weekends. Well, I don't know. It's a lot to to handle. Yeah, oh it's gosh. a lot going on. Um, also, I looked it up and a pregnant woman is safe to fly and allowed to fly until her last month of pregnancy. So, yeah, thanks for putting that out. What is up with them being like, Emma can't go to L.A. with us. She can't get on that plane because she just conceived like three weeks ago. What? Yeah. Like, honestly, maybe she just wants to stay home. Then, like, maybe they you know. just didn't want to pay Jayma Mays anymore, which is truly what happened because and she I has been in all of two episodes more, this whole season. Oh, poor thing. Oh, friend of the podcast, Jayma Mays. How are you doing, girl? Uh, thirdly, Mia Maya, on to nationals. I just love in this article that you sent us on Glee Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> that it shows how un like the it shows the lack of a show bible of the show how inconsistent it is mm-hmm. that in the one article it's like in nationals the 50 winners of regionals compete against each other and then in the same breath it's like but in the 2013 nationals there's only 16 teams competing like what on earth so yeah. weird and i didn't even know that nationals was three rounds. So it's like preliminary round of all the regional winners. And then the yeah. top 10 moves on to showcase, which we saw we knew that. in yeah. New York. But now there's a third round. I wonder if that third round is whoever is writing this article trying to make sense of this episode of Glee when there's only like three teams on stage. I wonder if they were like, well, that must be a round after showcase or has it canonically been stated in the show, like in the dialogue that there is a round after showcase. And I just don't remember. Yeah. Also, if there are 50 winners of regionals, does that just mean that each region is a state? And if so, why don't you just call it state? The state show choir competition. But then that doesn't make any sense because we have the Warblers and we have Vocal Adrenaline and all of them are from Ohio. Yeah, because it would be the state show choir competition. So it's all the Ohio teams competing. 
Because yeah. the winner of that is the winner of the state. But we've had Vocal Adrenaline and the New Directions go to nationals together. You're so right. What? That's its own thing. How are their region boundaries <laughs> <laughs> changing? I know. And did the Warblers ever go to nationals while the, the, the New Directions did? They didn't. No. No. So that could have made sense. I do think that it's likely that, like, there's, like, you know, 20 different regions in the Midwest where show choir is really big. And then, like, the Southwest where yeah. I was growing up and no one really had show yeah, choir. Yeah, have any show choirs. Yeah. Yeah. The region is, like, Arizona, Utah, and Nevada are all the same region because there's just not that many schools yeah. to choose from. So I guess that could make sense that it just so happens that there are 50 regions, which like ironically is the same number as states, but it's not necessarily like most of them are in Ohio and Indiana. Yeah. 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 That makes sense to me. Nationals, ma'am. These show car competitions. That really hurt my brain. They do whatever they want. Honestly. I'd love to know what they sang because clearly. um, Yeah. Clearly, this is the first time that Bert and Carol are hearing this set list. So, does that mean that they sang different songs for the first round and for the showcase round? Yeah. Or does that mean that they missed the other rounds and then heard that they made it to the final round and then turned turned back around? That's possible. That's possible. I just feel like that's such a logistical nightmare to have. Yeah. I guess you could to have two rounds on one day. That is from a tech oh, yeah. perspective. Seems like a lot of work. Oh, yeah. But also These when kids, has the show cared like, about the technicians? Heaven knows the kids at this like, like college that they're, that's hosting. Like don't sleep for like 30 hours. I'm sure. Aren't eating. Seriously. They're just like working so hard. So yeah, I guess it was like they had the showcase round like that morning and Bert and Carol were gone. And then they went forward to the final round and then Bert and Carol showed up and yeah. then they were doing the final round. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oof. I'm sure Ian, Brad, and Ryan mapped that all out in their head and they 100% thought about all of that and thought about the repercussions because heaven yeah. knows. And they were like, I can't wait for two weirdos to sit on their podcast yep. and read Maya's email talking about mm-hmm. the timeline of all of this. And uh, uncover these mysteries. Yeah, they were like, the most important thing for us in writing this television show is consistency. They like have a big, you know, a big poster on the wall of the writer's room and it says consistency is king. Mm. They're like, everyone remember this. We want these characters to always act in character. Uh, We want them to always be consistent. We want the tone of the show to always be consistent. We want the rules of the world to always be consistent. And heaven knows... It came through. You can really tell when you watch the show. If there's one thing I'll say about Glee, it's that it's always consistent. Word. I've always said that. Maya, Mia, M-I-A. This email has really set our minds ablaze. And I'll be thinking about it for the rest of the day. Thank you very much. Thank you for this email. Up next, we've got a message from Kenna. Hey, Ian and LPC. It's Kenna She Her here. And I am, if nothing else, two things. A born and raised Californian and a Sam Evans devotee. And I'm here to defend both. 
While I was born in the Bay Area slash San Francisco, I've been living in SoCal for a long ass time now, and it is great. There are mountains and beaches and deserts all within two hours of each other. There is so much good food and a wide variety of options for people with dietary restrictions. And while I live in Anaheim, not LA itself, I will tell you, Ian, there is a pretty cool live theater scene in the area. Check out the Segerstrom. That place is always producing incredible stuff. Anyway, California rant over, on to Sam. This episode is one of my top favorite Sam-centered episodes, and that is because it truly feels like a culmination of his character. Even since season two, Sam has shown... Sam has been shown to be desperate to find some sort of footing for himself. As a new kid in the school, he looks to football, Glee, and Quinn as a means of defining himself. Even then, he feels so insecure in all of these, as seen with his body dysmorphia in Rocky Horror Glee Show and his fear of losing Quinn's attention in Comeback. While Sam will usually follow his heart in the end, regardless of popularity or social standing, many of his actions this season are based solely on maintaining others' views of him. As the seasons go on, Sam becomes more willing to show his true personality and a lot more confident in himself, but this insecurity in who he is and where he belongs remains with him. Looking at his return in season 3, one of the very first things he does is join the swim team due to his belief that this will somehow make him more appealing to Mercedes. In season 4, we see his continuing body dysmorphia in Naked. In season 5, we see his fear of how he will define himself post-high school and moving out. Finally, in City of Angels, we see all of this come to a head. Sam wants to have belonging. He wants to honor Finn, wants to prove himself, wants to be liked and remembered. But the pressure on him is immeasurable. In that honestly beautiful moment where we see Sam crying backstage, not only does he feel he let the team and Finn down, I'm sure he feels he's failed himself, failed to become this new thing he has been told he must be. When Carol reassures him at the end of the episode that Finn would have been proud, I feel that is the validation Sam needed to find his own happiness with who he is. Thank you so much for reading this. I really just love Sam more than anything. You two have the absolute best week. Can't wait to listen to this minisode. Yay to two times a week Gleekin' again, Kenna. Two times a week Gleekin' again! Gleekin' again, literally... Two times a week, I'm always just shooting water out of my mouth accidentally. You know, just lifting know. my tongue up and... Did you see it? I totally just gleeked all over my computer. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> uh, can I preach into the choir here? I love SoCal. And, you yeah. know, SoCal and me will be together someday. I realized as the first note left my mouth that I have no idea how that song goes melody-wise. So I don't even know what song you're talking about. Well, that's because I didn't sing it. Um, oh, great. It's by the Supremes. I just oh, um, really went for it and really believed in myself. And honestly, I think Diana Ross would do the same. So I stand by it. I love that. <laughs> just like I love this email. I love SoCal and I love Sam Evans. So I was so happy to read this. I just think... That Sam is such an amazing character, and I really appreciate this absolute, like, beautiful essay on how amazing he is. It's amazing. Like, I just love this 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 whole message. And the culmination of all of what we know about Sam in City of Angels is just so beautiful. And him, like, wanting to, to do everyone proud and wanting to, like, believe in himself. Oh, my gosh. I just love Sam Evans. And I'm, oh, my gosh. What a great Sam episode. 
yeah, this is a really nice Sam episode, and I feel like Sam has always, sometimes to the detriment of his character, just been set up as like, uh, like a thin coded character, and there's obviously a lot totally. of differences in who these two are, but from the beginning, it's always been like he kind of fills the role that Finn fills in this show. Yeah, and to have the show kind of comment on that in City of Angels with Sam feeling so much pressure to like be Finn and have Will put all that pressure on him and him put all that pressure on himself, and to feel like you know he needs to like prove that he can accomplish this thing that's been asked of him only for it to quote unquote fail. And then him realize like you're enough as you are. You don't need to like be what other people, what you think at least other people want you to be is a very nice full circle moment for Sam. I agree. It's great. So great. I love that Sam. Kenna, I really appreciate you sending this message. Thank you so much. Up next, we've got a message from Audrey. Hello, Ian and LPC. My name is Audrey, she, her, from Idaho. Firstly, I'd like to mention, I've been listening since 2020 and cannot believe that Lena just hit her one-year mark for being in NYC and that Ian has just finished his contract with the cruise. You both are an inspiration to me. I'm seriously so proud of you for following your dreams, no matter how scary or how big. I started beauty school, finally, after wanting to go so badly this year, and I credit a lot of that to my favorite podcast hosts, who have inspired me to go after what I want as well. Thank you both for that. I can only hope to someday thank you in person for the company you've given me, the laughs I've shared with you, and even the tears I've shed alongside you as you've become vulnerable through this podcast. Now enough of that. (laughs) Sorry, that transition (laughs) makes me giggle. (laughs) Now enough of that. Let's talk about this episode. <laughs> well, the that was very, very nice, Audrey. Thank you so much. Firstly, I'm with you both when you say the storyline of this episode is pretty weak, but the performance is in my top three. Specifically, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I once listened to this on repeat when driving to see my best friend in Seattle in early 2021 when I was so distraught and confused about my life I had to just get out of town. I remember coming over the peak of the mountain pass and seeing all the evergreen trees and crying my eyes out because I, like many of us in this life, also didn't know what I was here for, what my life was supposed to amount to. The end of this performance, when Sam holds up the drumsticks, is seriously the most emotional I've ever felt during a Glee performance. The episode is so meh, but the performance is literally one I could watch over and over again. I just love this performance more than anything, and it holds such a special place in my heart. Lots of love from the great gem state, Audrey. P.S. I also love Puppet Master. Nasty Rhythm Nation is in my top five Glee performances, and I fucking love it. It's Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Well, Miss Jackson, um, I love this email. That song, you're yeah. so right. You two really was in their bag with that song. They put their whole foot in it. It's really special. Just, like, what a way to capture the human experience uh, in, you know, five minutes or less. Just, like, you go your whole life. And especially, like, they would know being a successful rock band, being someone who has, like, achieved what 
us average Joes think is like the pinnacle of human experience. And they're like, no, like I've climbed highest mountain and I'm still like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Like, what am I? Absolutely. Where am I going to find this fulfillment that I've been searching for my whole life? Um, and I just love that song. So shout out Bono. Uh, I know, you know, (laughs) you're always calling me. You're always trying to hang out. So I'll say it on the record. I think you're talented. I think you're good at what you do. Whatever. Love you, Bono. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But also much more than Bono. Shout out New Directions for doing a great cover. Their rendition is amazing. They really put this song on the map. (laughs) <laughs> and honestly, they really did. Well, I, first of all, the song is amazing, like you said, but like it, like the context of this song in all of our lives, like I feel like anyone can relate to this song in that way, but like putting like Finn Hudson context on top of the mm-hmm. existing context really fucks my shit up. And I can't think about it for too long without crying. It's just, no. oh my God, so amazing. Audrey, this email is so... It's really special to me. Um, uh, like following your dreams is like a like a scary thing, and I just I'm proud of you for following your dreams and also sharing this information with us. I don't know, like you saying this to me inspires me. I don't know. I just <laughs> it's just so fucking nice of you. You know what I mean? Like this this message really like. <laughs> oh my god, I feel it. Like, I don't know. I feel like I needed to read Audrey say this. Like, it just was very special to me. So, thank you. Anyway, I don't have another... I don't know what to say. Yeah, thank you so much, Audrey. And also, very proud of you for going to beauty school. I feel like beauty school is the sh- Like, that job yeah. is the best. My sister uh, is a hairstylist, and she went to beauty school. And listen... In, did you know that in any, in any recession, the industry that never dips ever is the beauty industry? Oh, heck because yeah. women always uh, like take time for themselves. And I love that about women. Heck yeah. I don't know what you're going into for beauty school, Audrey, but I'm proud of you. And you're, I hope you find great success in it. Yeah. But like life is so weird and who knows what we're supposed to be doing. And who knows where we're supposed to be going. So you might as well go after the things that are exciting to you and that you're passionate about, you know? And the great thing is, like, if you go after it and it doesn't pan out or you find out that, like, it's no longer fulfilling to you, then you can always go after something else. But, like, at least you tried it and you don't have that what if. Yeah. I'm always an advocate for like, just go after what's exciting and interesting to you and is calling you because no matter what happens, like only good things can come of it. So proud of you, Audrey, for doing that. Proud of you, Audrey. Proud of you, Miss Jackson. Catch you later. Thank you so much (laughs) for this message. (laughs) Um, Next, we've got a message from Isabella. Hi, Lean and Ian. My name is Isabella. She, her longtime listener, first time emailer. This episode means so much to me, and I pretty much feel the exact same way about it as you did. I think Glee as a show did a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. But the thing that they did the best and got the most right was every time they paid tribute to Corey slash Finn. I just think every time they mention him or reference him, it's so well done and so beautiful. From now until the end of the show. 
One of the main reasons why I hate when non-Gleeks talk smack about Glee is because I feel like people who didn't watch it never understood the heart and the meaning behind it. People didn't get the satire in season one, or the musical numbers, or the humor. And yes, the show did go a bit off the rails by the end, partly due to bad writing, but people often forget that a main cast member passed away and they had to scrounge around to come up with something completely new, while also, I'm sure, losing some of their passion and fight along the way. Kind of similar to what you said about Will in this episode. I just love the show and these characters and Cory slash Finn so much, and it hurts when people make fun of it without actually understanding it. Only Gleeks are allowed to make fun of Glee. <laughs> Side note, one of the main takeaways for me from the still haven't found what I'm looking for scene, apart from being one of my favorite Glee numbers of all time, is just how incredible Court Overstreet sounds. Like his voice has improved as the show has gone on, but holy cow, he sounds phenomenal in this number. I can just feel all the emotion and pain and passion and ugh, it's so good. Thanks for listening to my ramble. Love you. Bye. Isabella. Isabella, you are so correct. Only Gleeks are allowed to make fun of Glee. I was uh, at dinner with someone the other day and they were like, what's your podcast about? And I was like, it's like, we love Glee, but we also hate Glee, and we feel like only Gleeks are allowed to make fun of Glee. Like, I almost said something very similar to this, where we, we I was just like, you know, in order to, like, hate it, you've got to also love it. So we've got to, you know, that I just, mm-hmm. you know. So I love this. And I think you're right. And Well, and I also just think that, you know, Glee did a lot of stuff wrong, as you said. But also, Glee was, like, pretty self-aware and i feel like so many times people who didn't watch the show who then try to like dunk on the show don't get it and they just end up in my eyes embarrassing themselves that they like will like point out stuff about the show that they think is like a read and i'm like that's literally the point they know like they're like oh my gosh rachel berry sounded so bad singing uh the climb but like People talking about, I used to see this, whoo, this has died down now, but there used to be a quote unquote, like a read of Glee that I would see on TikTok every once in a while, like when this podcast was starting, they'd always be like, it's so stupid because like, if a real teacher did the stuff that Sue does, they'd get fired. You can't like push people down the stairs. And I was like, bitch, that's the joke. Like you didn't make some incredible discovery that no one has considered. The show is intentionally campy and takes place in a heightened reality. Like you're not smarter than the show for realizing that. Totally. And I just feel like there's so many valid critiques of Glee. And I feel like for the most part, the people who actually find them are the people who watched the show and loved the show. And the people who didn't watch the show the stuff they hone in on and focus on, it makes me go crazy. Cause I'm like, no, that's the writers are in on that joke. Like you aren't proving anything. You're just showing that you didn't get it. Yeah. Makes me go crazy. I know it's like, I feel like the, another one that people always talk about is push it slash, uh, you know, the, you know, it's push it. Like people Mm -hmm. talk about that song all the time. They're like, that's so weird that they did that. And I'm like, I know. You're like, it's did you see the audience's reactions about how weird it was? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I'm just like, you're not understanding the joke here. And you're so right. Like, the people who understand the jokes, 
are, you know, are the ones who I think I trust on the, on the criticism of Glee for sure. Mm -hmm. Isabella, shout out. Thank you so much for this message. Up next, we've got a message from Nat. Hey, Lena and Ian. It's Nat Sheethe from England. I'm here to hop on the City of Angels fan train. I've been an advocate for this episode for a while. At one point, Ian and I even talked about how amazing this set list is on Reddit. So I was very excited to hear that you loved the episode like I do. The biggest strength to me is that the show somehow seems to correct several massive issues they have created over the past few seasons. The main one is that we have a reason to care about this competition. The setup here is simple. If the New Directions lose, the club is disbanded. They lose, the club is disbanded. It's simple, but they somehow have never done this well. Season 1 is the obvious outlier here, but even then, the club stays together. In this episode, they lose, and it is glorious and heartbreaking. This is genuinely, in my opinion, the most heartbreaking New Directions loss. Obviously, there is an uncontrollable threat in this episode, winning for Finn. But they treat this with so much grace. It is a great example of where Glee thrives. The stakes in reality are low, but it feels like everything. Also, the other team is a threat again. It isn't hard to believe they lose, but their setlist is still good enough that it still hurts like a bitch. This is honestly untouchable to me. Every song rocks. But the comically evil opposing team wins on a performance and costumes and backing dancers. It feels almost unfair, but in a way that I believe it could happen. And I can be upset alongside the characters. That scene of Sam crying because he couldn't do it breaks my heart. It's real. He tried as hard as he could for his friends and for himself, and they lost. Not only did they lose the competition, they lost the club. It is that kind of sad that just reminds me, as a watcher of this silly show, how much I love these characters. It gets hard to love them when they are constantly being praised and rewarded. We need this loss to remind us sometimes. So yeah, this is one of Glee's biggest hits to me. There is so much I can praise that I haven't been able to since the first couple of seasons. And it comes right before the part of Glee I struggle to praise at all, ironically. Very excited to hear your future thoughts. Continue to slay, Nat. Nat, you know, much like Will to Sam, you did put a lot of pressure on us right then. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just, it's kind of overwhelming. I don't know if I can live up to it, but I will do my best to continue to slay. To continue to slay. I will literally. put my all into it. I love this message. Oh my gosh, we've got some like killer analysis of this episode of in this mini-sode. Oh my gosh. Um, the stakes in this episode, you're so right, Nat, are just... They're astronomical and they're so scary, but like in the real world, they're not that big. And I love that when, when that happens in Glee, like, uh, like the average Joe doesn't care about this, like show choir competition, but we love it and we care so much. And like all these stakes that you pointed out, oh my gosh, literally, I think that makes this episode so special. I have always been a vocal supporter of the New Directions losing in this episode since the first time I saw it. I think it's... This is such a good creative decision. And Nat, you pointed out exactly why I just love it so much. You know, just like that's life. 
you put your all into something. It means so much mm-hmm. to you. You try your absolute hardest and you still fall short. And then you yeah. just like pick yourself up and you keep moving and it's heartbreaking and it sucks. But like, that's just the reality of the world. And to see these characters go through that, like you said, makes me care so much more about them. Because, you know, Gaul, winning a national championship, becoming prom queen, getting into Juilliard, and then booking the lead in a Broadway revival at the age of 19 is not something I can relate to. (laughs) Yeah. But seeing these kids try so hard for something that means so much to them and to try and, like, honor someone so near and dear to them and then have it end up not being enough to achieve what they were hoping to achieve that's something i can relate to and that makes me you know that just makes me love them all the more absolutely gosh nat i will try my hardest to continue the sleigh Thank you very much for this message. Up next, we've got a message from my former next door neighbor, Sarah. Hi, Lena and Ian. My name is Sarah from Utah. I don't really need to introduce myself to Lena because we grew up next door to each other. Spoiler warning, Lena. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I just got so excited. Sorry, Sarah, to jump the gun. <laughs> Over the past few years that I've been listening to your podcast, I've kept this fun little secret that I am a diehard lover of your pod and a forever lover of you, Lena. So proud of all the things you are doing. Also, we haven't spoken in so long that I have to give you a quick update. I ended up marrying Anthony and we have a baby girl that is eight months old. I know it's so crazy. Her name is Lydia. I'll attach pics. And Ian, I haven't officially met you, but I did watch you in Xanadu back in 2013. What I remember the most about it was that you were kind of chaotic on your roller skates and that you were hilariously charming in that show. It's been so fun to get to know you better on the pod. I loved this last episode you did on City of Angels, especially the connection Ian made about Finn's character and the lyrics in I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. To this day, Corey Monty's death has hit me harder than any other celebrity's passing. Like Ian, I too had given up on Glee by season 4, so when he passed I was shocked at how it affected me. I guess Finn's character made a bigger impact on me than, than I realized, and the fact that the person who brought so much love and heart to an otherwise flawed character... I guess Finn's character made a bigger impact on me than I realized, and the fact that the person who brought so much love and heart to an otherwise flawed character was difficult to process. I know that there wasn't an official assignment of the week, but I came up with one if you're interested. The new direction set for Nationals was a tribute to Finn, but in a way, it also doubled as a tribute to how the Glee Club has greatly made an impact on their lives through the friendship and leadership of Finn. It has been a long-standing problem that when schools experience budget cuts, the first programs to go are the arts. As a future theater teacher who is in her last semester of college, this relevant topic is a huge concern for me. So, if you could sing one song as a tribute to how the arts have made a difference in your life in the hopes of persuading a school not to cut their arts program, what would you sing? Much love to both of you. Oh, and Lena, tell your mom I said hi. Sarah. (laughs) Sarah, when I got this email, you should have seen me. You have been keeping the secret well. I was like, what the heck? This blew my freaking mind. I am so happy to hear from you. I am so, like, elated to read your updates. And I am so proud of you for going to school and having a freaking baby. 
what the heck? And marrying Anthony? That's crazy. Anthony played Joseph in our production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and he was always very cool. But Sarah was my next door neighbor, and I always just thought that she was the, like, coolest person I have ever met. Like, she was so funny. She was so cool. She was older than me in school, and she would, like, drive me home from school, and I just thought Sarah was the best. And Sarah, I'm, like, so... I'm freaking fangirling that you're even... That you even like know my name so i love you so much sarah that's so awesome I obsessed with the fact that it wasn't like hey lena it's sarah i discovered your podcast and i love it so much the fact that you have been silently listening for years is i know for years I what the freak? <laughs> no literally oh that's amazing it's so awesome i'm really like this has made my whole life. I'm so happy to have you listening. I'm going to call my mom right after this and also send you a message. This is my favorite thing that's ever happened. Oh my gosh. For an assignment of the week, do you have anything in mind for this, Ian? You know, Sarah really asked us if today was the day you had to stop participating in the arts, how would you feel? Yeah. And to that I say, kiss today, goodbye. (laughs) That's that's really good. The most cliche answer I could give, but I can't deny, uh, won't regret, won't forget what I did for love. I can't deny that, like, possibly never in the history of songwriting has, like, the experience of pursuing the arts been put into words better than in that song. Mm-hmm. Just the mentality yeah. of, like, you know, yeah, I would love to get to a place in my career where I had financial stability and like was making money and all this stuff. But like, ultimately if it ended today and it was like this, this was it. I don't regret it. Like I wasn't doing this for like money. I wasn't doing this for like recognition. I was doing it because I love the art form and yeah, it just feels like a beautiful kind of a, a eulogy to an arts program, but then be a eulogy that tugs at the heartstrings enough that it's like, hey, maybe change your mind about this. <laughs> that it's like we're out. It is so. Oh, keep going. Oh, sorry. You can keep going. Oh no no! I was just gonna share mine because it kind of connects to yours. In the my literal first thought was at the ballet from Chorus Line. <gasps> that on a Chorus Line. Honestly, that's just the put reason that Chorus, chorus line. line is like. Yeah. Every theater person in the world is like in love with that show because yeah, it is amazing. it is so like for about performers and for performers. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I thought I thought at the ballet because it's just about like three girls who like, you know, used the arts and used their love of dance as a way to like escape what was happening and make their lives, you mm-hmm. know, more bearable and like I think so often like so many kids even if they don't like pursue the arts like to partake in the arts while they're growing up as in order to like cope with their lives and I think that's like so important and I think both of our picks are um very representative of the point that I feel like school boards are missing when they cut arts programs yeah Which is, yeah, like, the arts aren't going to 
they're not the program that's going to set the people most up for like having a stable career or like holding down a job. Like these other programs are going to help them make money better. But while like, you know, your math classes are setting you up for success financially and stability and like stability wise. And that is very, very important. And we should not be cutting math classes. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that are just there to help you survive day to day. Whereas the arts Mm -hmm. is something that helps you live life it helps you like do more than just survive like really it, find joy in life find solace from hard things and i think when school boards cut arts programs they're kind of neglecting to see like no this is for like this is a program that you do out of love like this isn't a program yeah. that we're necessarily doing for a more quote-unquote successful future this is something we're doing to improve the quality of our lives and like the quality of our time Absolutely. on earth instead of like a building block staircase of us to our future. That was Completely. the most inarticulate way I could have worded that. No, <laughs> no, I love that. I make that pitch to the school board and they say, and here's why we're cutting arts programs. No. You didn't learn how to speak. <laughs> You wasted all that time in your choir classroom and you don't know how to public speak. Oh my gosh. I think we just like live, unfortunately, in a in a society that like doesn't prioritize like, you know, the love of the game as much as like, you know, making money. You know what I mean? And the arts aren't quantifiable. I think that's the main problem. Yeah. Is <laughs> totally. You can teach a kid any other subject and then give them a test and say oh this test score is quantifiable evidence that you know they're improving in this field which like test scores is a whole nother thing to talk about because like certain kids just don't test well and it doesn't mean that like they're not as smart or not as capable that's a conversation for a different day but like you're not given tests on the arts because art is so subjective it's not just like oh what's four plus four and if you don't put eight you were wrong and then even beyond that like getting the right answer is not the point which sucks because that's why the arts are so beneficial is it teaches you to not see everything as black and white and to see that like in a lot of aspects of the world things are subjective and you have your point of view and what is right and wrong for you And that can differ from what another person thinks and their perspective is just as valid as yours. Like, I think the arts teach so many important things about human empathy and seeing things through another person's perspective. And they also help people uh, find like a love and confidence for themselves and find a community. But that's not stuff that is has like tangible proof that you can like write down on a piece of paper and show for evidence And so I think the higher ups just get to a point where they're like, well, I see in front of me in this packet the results of these other programs. And like, sure, I can go to your high school production of Beauty and the Beast, but like there's no quantifiable data about that production. And so I'm going to get rid of it. Totally. And I mean, I remember when Glee was coming out. Like that was, I mean, I'm not in school anymore, so I don't know what the state of the arts looks like in high schools now, but I like, remember it was like a really big 
talk of the time is like mm-hmm. whether arts were going to continue in mm-hmm. schools or not. You know? I do have to say, only Gleeks can make fun of Glee. Something that really irks me is Glee did, as Isabella said, Glee did a lot of stuff wrong. But occasionally, people who um, are of a certain age where they were too young to know what was going on in the world in 2009 will comment on stuff about Glee and how it was like such a scourge on society and how it did nothing for like the benefit of society. And it really annoys me because I'm like, you don't know. Like this, this show did a lot of stuff wrong and it's got a lot of problems but, like, we're not joking when I tell you that the first time I ever saw a transgender person on camera was in Glee. And I'm not joking yeah. when I say that, like, one of the first times I ever saw a gay relationship play out on my television was on mm-hmm. Glee. And, Absolutely. like, like you were saying, Glee really opened up the conversation about arts and schools because arts were so being cut all over the country and suddenly the biggest show on television was about the importance of arts and the difference that they make in kids' lives. And it kind of, you know, it's it kind of awakened a portion of the country to be like, oh, wait, maybe these things are more important than we realized. And we've like, there was a huge resurgence in choir and show choirs and the performing arts because of Glee. And those programs are now valued more because of Glee. I just, you know, you gotta love it to hate on it. And there's so many things wrong with this show, but I genuinely do think that this show did some good and we can't pretend that it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And now we've got amazing people like Sarah going into arts education. And I love, I'm, I don't, wow. Crazy. I don't know that Sarah did that because of Glee. I actually doubt that, but maybe (laughs) (laughs) we don't have to put that in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What a fun mini-sode. Honestly, these emails have been killer today. My gosh, thank you all so much for sending us your thoughts, sending us, uh, you know, messages. I really appreciate it. I say it all the time, but reading these is truly one of the highlights of my week. It keeps me going. I love this so much. We, I promise we read all of your emails sometimes multiple times. Um, if you have thoughts that you would like to share with us on 100 and you'd maybe want to be featured on the next minisode, you can send them to recoveringclick at gmail.com. Tune in on Wednesday to hear us with Gleek of the Week talking about 100. Gleek of the Week, baby. All right. Love you so much. Thank you for being here. See you in two days. Two days. See you then. Bye. Brief to relative pitch. Why are you saying bye? Oh my gosh. Relative pitch. Ian, we'll be how are you? City of Angels. The songs we have in this episode. I even have the the Glee Wiki article open. I just forgot. We have I Love LA by Randy Newman. Don't make me sing that song. I don't know very well. We have okay, Vacation cool. by the Go-Go's. I prefer the Bangles. We have Mr. Roboto slash mm-hmm. Counting Stars by Sticks slash One Republic. More Than a Feeling by Boston. America by Neil Diamond. I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by The U2. Um, I did the Glax for this episode, so does that mean that I'm first? I think you should sing the U2 song. That's what I'm looking for. But I still haven't found 
what I'm looking for. Honestly, I'm sticking to that. That sounds right enough to me. I have. Oh, now it feels too high. <laughs> oh, well, we're sticking to it. Um, Come on. This has to be too high. I'm committing. I have climbed highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you. Only to be with you. Skipping this next stanza. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Lena, when I do relative pitch, do you ever play it along in your head to me singing and be like, that's wrong? No, I never have. That sounds like too much work for my brain to do. Okay, so my I have climbed was F, A flat, A flat, F. And I, maybe that's not too high. I kind of feel like it is, but we're going with Honestly, it. Honestly, I... To my mind, thinking about it now, it sounds almost right to my brain. Well, let's hope. Bono, The Edge, don't let me down. Oh, sh- This is from oh, Sing 2. Oh, I'm, I'm quitting Silly, the podcast. sorry. <laughs> what version of Still Haven't Found was that? <laughs> Sing 2. It was Scarlett Johansson and Bono. Honestly, hear me out. A good scene. Honestly, a very good I scene. love the Sing movies. I think they're fun. And Bono is playing that lion. So I was like, wow, what a way to honor Bono <laughs> by know, making up an artist who wrote cool. this real song, but having the real artist who wrote the song play that made up artist. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Uh, this is the Glee, the Glee cast version. Yeah, so that's... Um, a D sharp to an F sharp, so I was in fact way too high. I was Dag. a whole step too high. Dang it! Oh well, my turn. If those, if they weren't such cowards, they would have sung it. They would have sung it. They would have sung it tried. up where I sang it. You know what? More than a feeling. I was like, I should do something that's not in the New Direction set list. But the New Direction set list is so stacked. Why would I do anything else? Yeah, honestly. Okay. I think it's... It's more than a feeling When I hear that old song they used to play And I begin dreaming Till I see Marianne walk away I think it's... I see my Marianne walking away. That's a G to an F sharp. To no one's surprise, to no one's shock, <laughs> you got it right again. My gosh. Do you ever play with me in your head and then realize you're wrong? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm literally kidding. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, so fun. Heck yeah. Okay, well, we'll now. On Wednesday. Now we can say goodbye. Yeah. If you want to follow us on social media, I hope you will. We're at Recovering Gleek underscore podcast on on TikTok and Instagram, and then we're at Recovering Gleek on Twitter. All right. Love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Bye. Bye. Boom.
Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review. And tell your friends, please.